Hello, uh, my name is Luan. We are in episode 3 in our uh, journey through uh, the letters in the book of Revelation. Uh, we find ourselves looking at the church in Ephesus. So we're going to just plug in. Uh, we often pride ourselves as being holders of the truth. But sometimes instead of it leading to our affections for Jesus and others and the world, instead of it leading to a love for Jesus and, and broken sinners, it often sometimes leads to skepticism and religiosity and lovelessness, both for Jesus and for others. We can sometimes be just going through the motions of church and Christianity, doing our duties, but forgetting to, to love Jesus and others and the world. Great on theology, which is great, but short on love. And that is the issue that Jesus has with the church in Ephesus. Jesus calls them to repent of that. In the last episode, we were confronted with the glorious vision of Jesus, if you were with us. Uh, it was this Jesus, this glorious, majestic in every way, that now turns his attention to his churches, addressing the different churches according to their needs, uh, encouraging, rebuking, exhorting uh, the different churches according to what he sees in them. God has written to seven different churches, and by addressing seven churches, we saw last time that seven meant perfection. So it's, he's addressing all churches throughout the age. These letters... Uh, these words are for us today as the church. The churches are addressed through their representative angel or messenger. Angelos in the, in the Greek could mean either. But either way, we must see these uh, words as the very words of Jesus to the churches. And this is made clear uh, in, chapter one, uh, in, chapter, in verse 1 of this chapter. To the angel of the churches in Ephesus writes, These are the words, not whose words? John's words? The angel's words? No. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. These are the words of him, verse 1. This is kind of Old Testament language, divine speech. Thus says the Lord type of language. You remember who is speaking, Jesus, the Son of Man, in all his glory and power and authority. This is the one who's speaking to the church. This is the one who's speaking to us today in this episode. This is the one speaking to the church today. Words that come from the one who, like we saw, walks among the seven golden lampstands. He's in his church. He walks among them with all authority and, and with concern, as we see in this, in this chapter. And this is the one who now speaks to us, and we need to listen. Firstly, uh, in verses 2 and 3, the church is commended by God. Have a look there in, in verses 2 to 3. I know your deeds, he says, your, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them false. Verse 3, you have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. And Jesus is well aware of what's going on in his church because he's walking among them. I know your deeds, he says. He's walking in their midst. He's present with his people. He knows their deeds. And by all accounts, this church looks like a great church, some, a church that we would love to be a part of, a church that. Um, labored successfully to battle against false teachers. They suffered well and endured evil for his namesake. They, hold, they held on to Jesus when it was the hardest to do so. They, they stood firm in the opening uh, of their Bibles, seeking the truth that they always had their Bibles open and have not grown weary in doing so. They always opened their Bible in, in, in opposing false teachers. They hated e the evil that God hated. Verse 6, have a look there. But you, you have this in your favor. You hated the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. 
They were commended for being great on the word. Amen. <laughs> and after commending the church, and Jesus has to confront them. The church is confronted and called to repent. Have a look at verse 45. Yet, he says, I hold this against you. And you have forsaken the love that you, that you had at first. Consider how you have fallen. Repent and do the thing that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. This church had a zeal for truth, as we see in the opening verses. Uh, but they had lost their love for Jesus, his people, and the world, which they first had. They showed up for Bible study. They debated the heretics. Uh, but they lost their love for Jesus. They stood against evil in their midst, but they tolerated the lack of love for Jesus and his people. They were slowly exchanging Christ himself for theological correctness. In their pursuit of learning, they had gradually pulled away and become um, cold towards, um, towards Jesus and his people and for the sake of uh, correct religious knowledge. And we can slowly ourselves lose our enthusiasm and excitement for Jesus and evangelism and settle into cold orthodoxy and think we're fine. We're the, we the church of the word. Um, you know, we preach really well. We go to Bible study. But how, how's our love for Christ? How's our love for his people and community? Especially during COVID. How's our love for the outside world that God calls us to disciple? But there is hope for us. And there is hope for this church. And Jesus loves his church. He won't just leave his church. And he has compassion towards them, for, even for their lackluster hearts. He wants the church to recover their first love. He wants us to recover our first love. And Jesus counsels the church in three ways in, the, in this chapter. Firstly, in verse 5, he calls them to remember. Have a look there. Consider, remember how, how far you have fallen. Remember, bring to mind, re-enter your past experience of your love for Jesus that was once stirred up within you. When you first received and heard the gospel of grace. Do you remember the first time you understood the gospel? I do. Do you remember the excitement of what it meant for you to be plucked from darkness and brought into the kingdom of light for the first time? And Jesus calls us to remember these things. Stir up those things. And then he calls the church to repent. We cannot just remain at remembering. When we are convinced and convicted by his word, we need to repent. Don't just try to be better next time. Don't just feel guilty about not being in love with Jesus and his, and his word and his world. No, it must lead to an action. It must lead to repentance, he says. Go to your Savior who died for you, which we saw in chapter 1. The one who rules over all things who died for you, who rose again, who's won our, our victory. Go to him and cry out for mercy because he will hear you. Be honest with him that you've grown cold. And because he already knows, he already is in our midst. He knows and we need to repent. And that's the great gift that God gives us, repentance. And then once repenting, he calls us to then return. And turn away from and pursue what you once were. Turn away from and pursue what you once were. Listen to Acts 19 and hear what the Christians were doing at first in Ephesus. Um, amazing things. Listen to this, chapter chapter. 19 of Acts verse 18. And many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number had practiced sorcery and brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. 
In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Pagans who had once worshipped in the idol temples and practiced sorcery in the great city of Ephesus were now coming to Jesus through Paul's ministry, through hearing the gospel. And as they burned their scrolls, they were being a witness for this King Jesus. And, and it was a great witness. And um, they grew in power. It spread. The word spread because of their witness for Jesus. What a first love. Um, turning to Jesus and being a witness for him in his world. They openly confessed and repented of their practices. And Jesus calls them to be on fire once again as they were before uh, in their love for God and their neighbor and their world. There's a call to action. There's a call to return to their, their past habits of grace. And this is no idle threat from Jesus. It has real implications, verse 5. Have a look there. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. If you do not turn from your cold orthodoxy, the church will feel Christ's displeasure both in the present and potentially in the future. And Jesus would remove them their lampstand if they continue to slip down this hill that Matthew warns us of, of in Matthew 24, which says, Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures till the end will be saved. They were in danger of losing their status as a church. They were in danger of no longer being the church, no longer being what God intended the church to be, a light to the world, a loving community who love Jesus and love each other and pursue the world. If they, if they didn't do that and just stuck to the truth of the word in religiosity, they would no longer be the church and Jesus would remove their status. Unfortunately, we know from history uh, that the church, heed, they, they listened to the warning and they repented and they were a thriving church in Ephesus and they were a great church who witnessed to the world. Um, God works through warnings in the, in the scriptures and it, it, this is what happened. Verse 7, listen to these words as they close this letter. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Jesus here ends off by saying that the faithful Christian, the one who trusts God, who loves God, who loves his church and is faithful to discipling the world. Faithful Christian, the tree, the tree of life is for them. Uh, this is the symbol of eternal abundant life with God who saved you. This is waiting for all those who wholeheartedly love Jesus, his people. And when they fail, uh, when they do grow cold at times, are people who remember and repent and return to him. This is what is in store for us, those who hold on to Jesus. And just know that Jesus is holding on to you and be encouraged by that. My encouragement as we end this episode is consider for yourself what stirs up your affections for Jesus and do those things. Do those things that, that stir up affections for Jesus. Well, we're going to be looking at the, the next episode, the next letter to the church. And, and Nils, um, my colleague, and Emmanuel will be taking us through the next few episodes. Um, so enjoy the next few letters and I'll see you next time. Bye now.